The following Clock Shelves Entertainment Podcast is brought to you with limited interruptions via our sister show, MCU and Me, exploring the ever-expanding Marvel Cinematic Universe from the beginning in release order. chat about this and that oh yes no stress we keep coming back jbc and all his friends from far and near maybe make you cry maybe bring you some cheer so many people with so much to say from pop culture to travel weird news to q a no topic is too small here on our show paul and all hello everyone and welcome to another episode of paul and all as always i am your voice of choice the chaperone of shut eye the sultan of sleep your peep that puts my guest to sleep welcome back to paul and all i am paul casey joined by one of my very best friends go ahead and reintroduce yourself sir top of the morning to everybody this is j-lo loud and clear reporting for duty <laughs> what do you think of the new uh the new intro and all of my new nicknames sir I, I had to keep it in because I am part of the reason as to why this nickname is now a thing. <laughs> and I still feel very bad. But um, for those of you who are inquiring or curious to know, please watch the Buffy version converse. Uh, was the one before last? Um, depending on when this goes out, it is the, was it the Inca mummy girl episode or the reptile boy episode? One of those two. I think it was the Inca Mummy Girl one. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, because there's a slight delay between, you know, when some Paul and Alls go out and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, somewhere around there. I mean, obviously, we want you to listen to all of them. But uh, there was a, a funny a funny incident that happened. And so I, I realized I had to uh, had to give myself some new nicknames. Um, but, no, it's all it's all in good fun. Um, I'm I'm very happy to be. uh on this episode with you once again, James, because we're going back to discussing How I Met Your Father, Season 1, Episode 4. Now, we initially said, like, oh, and this is completely on, on my end. I totally, it's it's my fault. I fully admit that. So, please forgive me, folks. But I remember James and I had said, oh, yeah, the new season, Season 2, of How I Met Your Father is going to be premiering towards the end of January. We could totally catch up on these episodes before then, but unfortunately, scheduling conflicts and, you know, I do a million other shows, so not that that's an excuse. However, that's my excuse and that's what I'm that's what I'm going with. So I do apologize that we are a little behind on uh on doing these episodes, but I'm glad to be back here talking about Dirty 30, the How I Met Your Mother, I'm sorry, How I Met Your Father episode season one episode four uh starting off this episode i first and foremost that blue dress hillary Delph was wearing when she first walked into the bar i was like damn there's no reason to to just be built like that hillary like you had my like you had me when you walked in the door basically um but yeah no that it's, I like this episode for a few different reasons. Um, how do you want to play this? Because there's a few things that I I do like like in per like as we've been going over this before. There's some things, of course, that I know that you don't know. 
yes for the Really quickly, for those who who may not have been paying attention, and why not go back and listen to the other episodes where we've uh, where we've talked about this? This is one of those rare times. I said I do a million other shows, and pretty much in the instances of all of them or most of them so far, whether it be talking about Lost, talking about Marvel, talking about Buffy, talking about a variety of other wrestling, or, you know, a variety of other things, um, I as the host, the consistent voice of these shows, these podcasts from Clock Shelves Entertainment, I've seen these things. And so I'm offering my insight as a fan, as, you know, whether nine times out of 10, it's a rewatch or something like that. And a variety of the guests for for the, the shows that we do, they have either also seen these things many times, like most of the guests on Lost with Friends were uh, super hardcore fans of that show like I was um, when it comes to the MCU and me program um, we have fans of varying degrees whether it be some of the the TV series some of the films all that sort of stuff um, when it comes to the new wrestling show that we've launched raw R-A-A-W reflecting and analyzing wrestling um, we have fans of varying degrees and ages and things like that so you know it's uh it's what do we remember from 30 years ago? Cause that's what we're focusing on is 30 years ago with that, with uh Buffy verse and converse um, James, who's been a, a very frequent uh, guest, almost close to being the one of the co-hosts of the show. He's been on so frequently um, has never seen Buffy, the vampire slayer, nor any of the other related things um, as neither has a few of the other guests, but some of the guests have. So we're offering um, a few different perspectives there. The twist on this discussion every time we've been talking about how I met your father is that both James and myself are very dedicated how I met your mother fans. Um, we both love that show, probably would put it in our top five of favorite shows, barring the last five minutes or so of the uh, of the series. Um, but last season of the series is just <laughs> we're not going to go there now, but hold the, throw, throw the entire last season away. Just, just throw it away. I give more of a pass on the last season than James does. That's not saying much though, because it's still not great. However, we're both huge fans of that show. So when the development for how I met your, well, it was how I met your father, then how I met your dad, then how I met your father again, um, was sort of going, we had been talking, you know, for a few years at that point. And then when how I met your father came out, because I got distracted with other stuff, I never watched it. And so then we basically said, it's, you know, it, it originally it was supposed to be in the lead up to season two. Why don't we cover it? So we have been. And the kind of twist on this one is James has seen it probably about two, three times now. And I have not. I've never seen I'm watching each episode as we go in, you know, almost a, a the the antithesis of how we do almost all the other podcasts here. So James has a lot more information than I do. Unfortunately, I'm a creature of the internet. So there are some spoilery things that I know, um, not a lot, but unfortunately, sometimes it is very difficult to avoid things when you're on, you know, as much of the social platforms and, and news sites as I am. However, I don't necessarily know context for a lot of this stuff and, and what have you, but James has seen these several times. I have not. So he gets to experience what I experience 
um, on some of the other shows, Buffy in particular, when we when we're talking about uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is he has to walk a very delicate line because as much as I may know some spoilers, I'm not a big spoiler fan. James is because he likes to know all of the stuff and whatever I think personally, just my opinion, not trying to start a fight or anything. Personally, that takes away a little from my enjoyment of something if I know all of the stuff up front. Once I've watched everything through once, then I'll go back and, you know, like read all of the stuff and, you know, what have you. But um, it's it's interesting for me watching these for the first time. But it's also, I'm not going to lie, as, as a quote unquote content creator, it's been interesting watching James try to uh, walk this fine line of what he can say, what he wants to say, what he doesn't say, and so on. <laughs> Because it's very tough on my end, especially because I mean, as you kind of already went over it, um, I'm I I am a person who <clears throat> I don't spoilers don't bother me. Um, a little bit of a backstory with myself: I'm an anime nerd, and I will even read the manga, which is basically for those who don't know, but to simplify, it's like the comic book before the actual series. Um, and I'll read that, and I'll know things ahead of a lot of other people. Uh, in the nerd world of anime, there are two. It's, it's broken down into so many different factions. But the main two are manga readers, and um, there's manga readers, and then there's like actually strictly show watchers. And then if you take it a step further, there's like the light novel readers, which they will go like in depth, even like if it's a live and active show, they'll even go it's like pre manga, which is like just the novel itself, and they'll go like to like those great lengths. I thought but, anime fans were split between dubs versus subs. It, 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 it that's why I said it's split in many different ways. There's dub <laughs> versus sub. When you just when you refer to strictly just watchers, then there's those who are above the dub and sub debate who are like readers who like it doesn't matter what you whether you listen to it in Japanese or you listen to it in English. I know it's going to happen before you either way. Um, I feel like the evolutionary stages of an anime watcher is you first off in dub because it's what you you grow up around. Then when you don't want to be behind because everyone else was a serious watchers and sub, you transition into sub, and then. You either stay at sub and like you kind of teeter totter between dub and sub, or if you're like a diehard fan, you transition into like the mangas and you really get into like the nitty gritty. And then if you want to transcend even further, then you get into like the light novels and like the side stories and etc. It's it, it, it's a whole thing. It's it's really a thing. Um, but I don't mind spoilers. So when it comes to things of that nature, um, <clears throat> whether it's Buffy, whether it's How I Met Your Father or Mother. Uh, or any of the shows that like I partake in on the podcast, um, when I ask for spoilers, although you know Paul feels it may take away from the content, for me it's like depending on what I'm looking for, it may entice me to want to like get to that point even faster. In every generation, there is a chosen one. She alone will stand against the vampires, the demons, and the forces of darkness. She is the slayer and now thanks to clock shelves entertainment we bring you buffy verse and converse a buffy the vampire slayer universe themed podcast as we re-watch every episode of the beloved franchise whether you're a first-time viewer or been a fantastic fan from the beginning this show has something for you so check us out wherever you get your podcasts and celebrate with us as we celebrate 25 years of Buffy rolling into Sunnydale and into our geeky hearts.
Um, and it, because I know Paul's not a spoiler fan, it's very, very hard not to say certain things. And I often try, especially with this particular series, I've tried to, like, I've tried not to rewatch it uh, as frequent. Uh, and I've tried to just watch as we record because if I watch, like if I just keep rewatching it, like I do How I Met Your Mother, I feel that I may slip up. And it almost happened a couple of times. And I may say something that will happen like an, an episode after on certain things. So it's definitely one of those things where because I'm ahead, I have to kind of like nerf myself. So that way I don't spill the beans on stuff that's content for another episode. For example, I would assume one of those things is so in this episode, the Dirty 30 episode, um, we see um, Sophie on her first, I believe it's technically her first date or one of her first dates with, um, okay, I've learned Sophie's name. I've learned Valentina. I I, I don't remember Josh Peck's character's name, but. Um, I think it's true. Maybe. But. um we find out in the first episode that future Sophie is telling her son, Oh, I met your father on that night. So of course for two or three episodes at that point, I, and anyone who was watching it as it was on thinking it's one of the three main guys that she's interacted with. However, in episode three, we find out that she actually met Josh Peck's character that night as well. We, you know, so that's one of those things I'm assuming that when we were talking about it in your mind, you're there going, but that's not the only, she, there was at least one more, you know, sort of thing. But you have to kind of stop yourself from saying that because I remember, I believe it was in the, the previous episode where we talked about that. I had that realization literally as the words were coming out of my mouth. I'm there going, yeah, but she met. And then I went, oh, she met him that same night too. You know, mm -hmm. and it and it it didn't even click until I was until we were kind of talking it out. So I'm sure that's one of those instances where you're probably, you know, in episodes one and two, you're probably there thinking, oh, Paul, you don't even know the th this secondary layer that's going to be added in just one or two episodes from now. And there's so much more like that continues to stack. And I will say, as this series progresses. Um, it's like they do keep the cheesy stuff like how I met your father, like some of the, like the and like they do teeter totter between like being old and trying to be hip and stuff like that. So, and it, you, you can kind of see that like within this episode, like the, the 30 30, like the 90s references. I'm like, Paul's definitely gonna like this episode because of like, you know, it's 30 30. She wants to like have, uh, like they, they want to drink 40s, which is like, you know, another big thing, like 40s were a big thing, like the 90s, of course. Uh, they she wants everyone to dress up like uh Christina Aguilera and the dirty video. And I knew toward the end of the episode when like her and Drew, Drew is it is the actual uh character name of the show. Um, when her and Drew are singing, I'm like, this is probably totally like a moment where Paul's watching this, and I can guarantee he's probably like laughing and or cheesing, like, oh man, like I remember because he's like, Oh, the tear all greatest hits. Like I usually save that for like the sixth date. I'm like, that's a line Paul would probably say on one of his dates. Like a lot of the transitions that like I watch within this particular show, I feel like because the cast is from this era of like pop stars of like their early 2000s um, and then transitioning, they are within, of course, more your realm. So I feel like a lot of the references that we will see and that we will encounter 
you will definitely get and you'll definitely appreciate and like i get really excited when these things come up because i'm just like i can't wait to see like what paul's reaction is going to be because i know this is something that like he would also like or something he would probably do that being said um i obviously yes i i like the you know the fact that she did so one of the th- I, I i i like this concept and i feel like a lot of TV shows do it, do it for their like whatever their generation is. I know you're not a fan of Friends. I'm actually wearing a Friends t-shirt as we record this, but there was an episode of Friends where it kind of flashed on all of them turning 30 because the entire thing of Friends, very similar to How I Met Your Mother, not dissimilar from my understanding to Seinfeld. I never really watched Seinfeld, not a big fan of that TV series, and I know that's going to offend a lot of people, but um, the entire concept was that time when you're in your 20s going into your 30s you know for them for friends it was they were living in new york and it's that time when your friends are your family you know when you're when you're younger you go and you spend you know your time with your family you know because you all have dinner together or whatever and then you get into high school you start to you know obviously develop your little friend groups and whatnot that everybody you know most people i didn't but most people go off to college or you know what have you and then they have sort of their friends there some people still live close enough to home that they go back what have you and then pretty much post like say 23 24 that kind of post college age you go quote unquote off into the real world i don't buy that because you've been in the real world but you know for argument's sake you go off into the real world you start your job you have your friends where um um the uh the whether it be your friends from work or your friends from um you know like maybe some that that have moved you know from college with you like on how i met your mother where it's uh marshall and um you know marshall Marshall and lily and whatnot um and uh well yes marshall and lily and ted sorry yes um but you know know what i mean like you have that and that becomes your family for lack of a better phrase and there was an episode on friends where basically the the character of joey is there going you know we're turning 30 we're all turning so old and a lot of them you know had different goals I, I wanted to do this by the time I was 30 and I wanted to do this by the time I was 30 and what have you. And I feel like a lot of the millennials into the Gen Z, which I know you're right on the border of millennial to Gen Z. I'm kind of like right smack dab in the middle of the millennial sort of generation. But there's this whole thing of you know, and you you hear it and you, you I mean, I don't know if you heard it as much growing up, but because of all the TV that I would watch and this and that, you know, you always hear people say like, oh, 50 is the new 40, 40 is the new 30, 30 is the new 20. You know what I mean? Like people oh, yeah, would say that. that and I feel like the millennial generation has tried to make that be the case where there's a lot more millennials that aren't. I mean, and it's, you know, the economy is a big part of it, whatnot, but like they're not homeowners. A lot of them are either not married or they're divorced. You know, some of them have kids. Some of them don't have kids. 
but it's a very big difference than generations past where pretty much and it's for myself i can say you know if you had asked me when i was 21 where did i see myself in my early 30s i would not have said where i am now for a variety of reasons you know what i mean like i i there's several things i i would have thought would have been different i would have thought that i would have been and should have been married children own a house preferably not living in pennsylvania you know what i mean all of those all of those things but that's not always how life works that's not always what is you know from my personal belief that's not always what god's plan is you know what i mean and that's not my it's just not how life turned out for me that doesn't mean that i haven't lived a fulfilling life yes i have and i just and i was and and i was in hawaii twice (laughs) right you know what i mean but like and that's the thing is like they're not a lot of not a lot of well i can't say not a lot of my friends because a lot of my friends have because i've been there with them but not a lot of like the people that i went to high school with can say that they could say they've been to different states and say like that. <laughs> but they they can't necessarily that they've you know that they've done some of the some of the traveling that i have or whatever and don't get me wrong there are things that i i look and i like there are times now where i look and i go wow i'm this age and the people that i went to high school with some of them their kids are getting ready to graduate high school already. And it's that thing that I would see, you know, five, 10 years ago where people who had kids young would kind of throw it in the face of people who had kids a little later by saying, well, when you have kids and, you know, you're late thirties into your forties and you're getting them dressed to go to kindergarten and whatnot, I will be sleeping in because mine will be out of high school and I don't have to worry about that and I can enjoy that time. And it's just a matter of, you know, like everybody has their own different things. I and will it, admit I'm a part of the, I'm glad I had my daughter young and people will, I mean, I didn't have her too young. I had her when I was 21. I know, was it? 21, 22, because I'm turning 27 this year. She just turned five, so 22. Yeah, sorry. Couldn't math for a quick second. But I'm glad I had her in like my early 20s because- by the time she's 13 more years, 27, I'll be 40 flat. So me being 40 flat, 40 is still a good and young age to be able to like relax. And again, I don't knock people's preferences, but I don't want to be like 50 and 60, like, you know, watching my kid graduate from, you know, high school. And then like, I want, I want to be, I want to be able to enjoy them being adults and then doing things like the boys, the one's already graduated. Uh, one has, um, this is January, so 12, and then February, March, April, May, June. So the other one has 18 months and then he's graduating. And then we have Kyrie, who's eighth grade. So he still has what four more years left, but even still, you know, there are like, I'm, I'm at an age where like, I'm still young enough to like still at least attempt to keep up. And so I'm definitely team better, younger than having them older is, is that that's, that's me a hundred percent. 
And see, I'm I'm at the point in my life where unfortunately that doesn't necessarily work out for me anymore. You know what I mean? Because uh hold on. Yeah, so like if I even if I were if I if my math is correct, even if I were to have a kid today, I believe I would be 50 or so when they're graduating high school because you're don't hate me oh wait can i age drop here or this is not a go ahead you're 33 right two 32 okay i mean you're turning 33 this year much later in the year yeah well yeah um i mean you're hypothetically if if you can meet a girl and get her knocked up if she's, you know, that type Don't of Don't word lady. it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and she turns out to be a lot. I feel like the episode of How I Met Your Mother where Ted's like, I'll have to meet a woman and then get her pregnant and just so I can catch up to you and uh, Marshall. And he's talking about Lily. And he's like, and that's just assuming that like the, uh, the love of my life is just a huge slut. <laughs> and it's so funny to just like have that conversation now. Um, it definitely feels like a Marshall Lily, like you're like the Ted. Um, which you've like often you called woman, me, yeah. Very much so. If you meet a woman, and it's ironic, you have an ex who doesn't meet the front porch. Um, who, What was her name? I can't. She's from Orange is the New Black, but I can't think of her name in the show. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, she, from Well, you th they see, that's funny. You think of her from Orange is the New Black. I think of her from that 70s show. show. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the character's name, but I know who, it, I know who you're talking about. Um, I can tell you the actress's name, um, but... Yeah, no, I know who you're talking about, but go ahead. But yeah, like you essentially have like an ex that um, basically is is that uh, that person. I'm really mad I can't think of her name. It, that that's I'm so sorry. That's definitely bothering me. I'll look it up while you're Karen, talking. It was Karen. Karen's her name. Sorry, I, I was pulling it up as I was texting. I mean, as I was talking. But I remember, like, I found his girlfriend's. But Karen is a person he dated who did not meet the front porch test but you are my friend Arted. but continuing on what i was saying because we will link how i met your mother to how i met your father quite frequently because these two actually exist to some degree in the same realm um but yes uh that's but saying like you know you meet someone now and you have a child and love your life theoretically speaking 18 years from now well You'll be about fifty-one-ish, which actually fifty-one isn't a bad age either. Uh, I, I can yet I can you respect. yet you yet you just said you're like oh, I don't want to be like fifty watching my kids graduate high school, but that's literally where I'm at in my life, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but that's just what it is. And the the way that I was going to tie all of that back to this episode was the fact that I feel like the millennial generation, like you, you had started a lot of this by saying you, you, you know, you were like, Oh, I can't wait to hear Paul's reaction to this. Cause there's so many, like, you know, base, I mean, it's not just nineties. Like you said, it is a lot of early two thousands. Like there's a lot of, this is a, this is very much a millennial show. Like it really is. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's nice to see that portrayal of, you know, and I trust me, it's been kind of a, a 
you know, whether it be a midlife crisis, an existential crisis, whatever you want to word it, but that I've been having for the last several years, not just the last two, three, four years, but the last, you know, probably more than that, which is the whole thing that, that uh, Sophie goes through in this episode, which is, you know, she, on, on one hand, she wants to throw herself this Christina Aguilera themed birthday party. But on the other hand, she there's this guy who's her the same age as her who he's you know he he's sophisticated he knows about these wines and you know he he you know all of these things and so she she decides to go out and get books from the goodwill and <laughs> she wants funny. to she wants to try to make everything seem i'm going to use this word and i know i'm not using it correctly but she wants to almost seem a little pretentious that's not because pretentious is often a negative thing. And that's obviously not what she's trying to do, but she she's trying to seem a little bit more sophisticated than she actually, actually is. Yeah. And Whoops. I've had that for, for a few years now because I, I, you know, I have, whether it be friends or um, acquaintances, you know, pe you know, girls I've, I've gone on dates with or what have you where they're younger than me. Well, hey, listeners, let's talk about Raw, reflecting and analyzing wrestling with Paul and Kyoto. It's the show where we go back in time and take a look at the first episodes of Monday Night Raw. 30 years in the making. It's Raw, reflecting and analyzing wrestling with Paul and Kyoto, a co-production of Clock Shelves Entertainment and Renegade Pop Culture. And in a lot of ways, they're more quote unquote grown up because they have kids. So they had to grow up a lot quicker. You know what I mean? And that's and I have a lot of male friends who've who've had that same thing where, you know, they're, they're I mean, not saying this in a negative way, but you're kind of like that. You know what I mean? Like there was there was that kind of wild and, and crazy side. And then it was, you know, I'm dad now sort of thing you know and that's and that's that's not a negative thing it's just what it is but like i'm still there and i'm not saying like i want to go out to the bar every night and get trashed and whatever but i'm not at a certain level i'm not at that i don't even want to say maturity because i don't even know if it's necessarily a maturity thing but in a way i'm not because i don't have to have that i don't have to wake up every day and have, you know, you, you hear a, mom say it a lot, and I'm not taking anything away because I'm sure that if anybody could say it, it would be you. You know, a, a mom, you hear a lot of moms say, there's a piece of my heart outside of my body, and that's my kids. Or, you know, something like that you would put in like a text on a picture Facebook post or something. And I'm sure yeah. in a not so cheesy way, you feel that same way every single day. Like you are responsible for another human life. I don't have that responsibility, so I can't even begin to relate. And I understand that. Like, there are times where you're like this and that, and I'm like, I just can't relate to what he's talking about because I can't, because I'm only responsible for myself. And that's just what it is. But I feel like this show, I'm not saying it's glorifying it one way or the other, but this episode in particular is showing something that, people go through it's not so much oh my gosh 30 is old but it's this weird thing of millennials like i heard this term recently and i hate it kid dolting have you heard this term 
Never. <clears throat> I hate it. It's basically this concept that, you know, because you've, I'm sure you've seen it the last several years, millennials and Gen Z, they're not buying houses. They're renting more because the economy is shit. They're not having kids. They're having pets because the economy is shit. And of course, the quote unquote older generations, not necessarily, I'm, I'm going to kind of throw elder millennials into that and the the uh, generation Y that came before. And I'm going to kind of throw them into that and say, and even the boomers and whatnot, because the gener the the economy, there's other factors to it. But when the economy goes down, guess what? That affects the, you know, next generations and whatnot. And so that has stopped a lot of us from being, you know, from the housing being able to be affordable as much as it was then. And, you know, all of these things, not to get into a whole economic discussion, but they're now trying to come after us because instead of spending money on the quote unquote traditional adult things like buying a house or whatever, it's I liked Pokemon when I was a kid. So I'm going to buy myself a Pokemon like like Barney had the the um the Stormtrooper. Stormtrooper. Imagine if if I got something like that. I mean, I can and, totally see you having like a full, full adult sized um, Sarah Michael Geller, whatever her name is. Sarah like, Michelle Geller. Whatever her name is. <laughs> I can see like a full, like, buffy, like, statue of her, like, in your living room if you could have it. But, you, but like, that's, we all, we both know it will be Charisma Carpenter. Let's be honest. Come on. I, I, I forgot her name in the show for a second. So I couldn't, I was like, what is Cordelia, the, the character Cordelia, of Cordelia. That's what it is. But, um, but no, like they're 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 trying to to make that a negative, where because we're spending money on things that we enjoy, even if it's something as simple as going on a vacation, it's it's, you know, it's sort of that old thing of the, way back it was you met someone, you fell in love, you got married, you had kids, and then a certain generation was that you met someone, whether you fell in love or not. They had kids, then they got married, and it was like, oh, this is ruining traditional things, or whatever. And then, you know, obviously somewhere in there is buy, you know, buy a house after you get married, before you have kids, whatever. Well, now it's you're meeting someone, you're having kids, you maybe get married, you maybe don't, you rent, you don't necessarily buy, but I'm a house, I mean, but I'm gonna buy stuff that makes me feel good and reminds me of a time in my life my childhood and whatever and they're referring to it as kid dolting as like a as like a negative thing and i hate it only because just because we know what brings us joy and we know how you know we 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 budget our money differently everyone does every generation does and that's fine but i feel like that's kind of what she was what Sophie is doing in this episode. She's she's not kid dolting, but she's budgeting her money differently because she's deciding instead of, you know, doing whatever I'm going to do for my, you know, going out and all of us having a nice glass of champagne or whatever. She's like, like you said, we're going to drink 40s and we're going to dress like Christina Aguilera in the dirty music video. And I'm going to enjoy this because arguably for lack of a better word or phrase they don't have the same responsibilities 
as some, you know, as people who have wives, girlfriends, husbands, boyfriends, significant others, slash have kids and and what have you. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Like I said, I think that's I think it's a really good way to kind of bring awareness to this and say like, hey, millennials, hey, people of this generation that that this show kind of focuses on, it's okay. And I say all of that to say it kind of made me feel a little bit better about myself to a certain extent. But I'm also going to say, and this one's going to shock you, other than like the 90s, early 2000s millennial references, I wasn't so big on this episode. This is definitely one of those, um, well, uh, we'll call it like a fluffer episode. Um, Don't call it they, that. No, that means something different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, a filler I, episode, perhaps, but I, I guess you could say a little bit more of a filler episode because it's like it's more so just giving you just more insight uh, on like a lot of different aspects of the characters and like kind of like fleshing them out a little bit more. Uh, it gives you more back like of how like Drew is as a person, and you know you see him as a principal, and you see that he's like in the beginning of beginning of the episode, you see that he's just this like you know. Uh, mature you know guy where Sophie is like I'm still like young and you know even though I'm hitting 30 like you're like of course like the past two episodes we were getting enough about Sophie or we, we know a decent amount about Sophie but we don't know enough about Drew so this is a little bit more about Drew and uh you do get more of a backstory on um Ellie uh Ellie is the, the sister. guy sister. yeah you get more of a backstory on her a little bit more because she's still trying to find herself uh, being a you know a younger single lesbian woman in New York, uh, she's still trying to like find what's her like thing, um, and you you get that breakdown of when her and the brother are you know outside talking, and he's you know I remember when you know our parents brought you home and like you get that backstory, uh, and this like you also got more of the insight of how. Uh, Charlie and Valentina's relationship is going to be uh, the fact that at first, it, like you, you do get like their relationship, it, it evolves continuously as season one progresses. Uh, so I have to really watch what I say because certain things happen a little bit later. But uh, you do see a lot of growth in their relationship and different things, of course, that happens, and you do get to see Valentina grow more as a person um, in the down the line. But I do like how it like. This episode, it's as well as like fleshed out episodes. It gives you more backstory because as one thing I will say, I do like about this show. Um, I noticed in like How I Met Your Mother, there's like a lot of like, there's like when they do like flashbacks of certain things, there's definitely some inconsistencies. But I feel like with this series, I feel like everything that we see, they like continues to like build on and like they just keep going with the foundation. Um, So it's definitely one of those episodes where it's not like a, uh, a episode to like remember you know a good but it's one of those episodes that like it gives you more like lore to each character and like how each dynamic is like breaking down um, good, on, and um in the finals and i i'm i had never i don't remember ever hearing this term and i think i've i've told this story on uh, buffy verse and converse um but a good friend of mine um on lost with friends uh met her the first time i was in hawaii she hadn't really been on the uh on the podcast until the final season um but she referred to 
the concept as because I said something, you know, it's oh, it's something of like a filler episode. She goes, I don't necessarily see it that way. She said, I think of it more as a setting the table episode. Yeah, and I that's, kind of, that's a, that's and I was kind of like, what is before. what does that mean? And she she explained it to me, and it's it's basically what you had just said, which was. It's not so much filler because some some or a lot of the stuff does become important later on, but it's just an episode where, yes, there is a plot because that's that's to me, that's what I like about a good TV series. There's there's multiple layers to a plot, right? Not to not to go off too much on this tangent, but in my opinion, there should be at minimum two stories in the show. In, in any episode of a TV series. And what, what I mean by that is there's the, the, whatever the conflict or the whatever that's solved, quote unquote, fixed or whatever, finished by the end of that episode, whatever that may be. So like in this one, it was the birthday party. That was the, that was the focal point. Everything in this episode revolved around that story of the birthday party but all of the other stuff the the relate like we've seen one of the common stories throughout this first these first four episodes is the the uh valentina's relationship right what are they what aren't they how do they work together you know they at first they were living together and i believe that we figured out in the the previous episode that they weren't living together anymore you know like because he got his own place or whatever um and you know we see a little bit more of that develop here where are they exclusive are they not exclusive and then you know whatever like there's there's that and those are the the storylines that are your b or c storylines that can continue and weave for lack of a better word from episode to episode and I like that. I like when a, when a TV show has that multi-layered thing. And not all TV shows do, right? We know that. We've seen, not that, I mean, you and I, I'm not saying we watch like very sophisticated programming, but we can tell when a show is is very like one-dimensional, right? We, I'm sure yeah. we've both watched shows like that where it's all about the, you know, whatever the the thing is that like if if Lost had been all about the plane crash and how they survive, I probably wouldn't have liked it. It was the characters and there was this, you know, there's this mythology that gets built and they show you some things of like six degrees of separation. Maybe, you know, person A's aunt met person B in a flashback or, you know, something like that. Hello, all listeners of Clock Shelves Entertainment. I am Jacob, known as the Streaming Demon over at Renegade Pop Culture. Need a distraction from all the chaos in the world? Well, so do we. And that's why we discuss all kinds of media that we love. Movies, cartoons, music, comics, games, you name it, we cover with gaming respectful, honest, and enthusiastic perspectives. Find us on Podchaser, Banana Meter, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Or hop over to RenegadePopCulture.com. Renegade Pop Culture. Need escape, so do we. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is is the same thing where we're slowly we're in as we're as you and I are recording this, we're in season two of of going over that show. And we saw, you know, in season one sort of the development of some of the you know the characters and and 
how they interact with each other, how um, the character of, of Buffy as the Slayer has friends, which wasn't like the Slayer doesn't tend to have, you know, they, they tend to be like a lone wolf sort of sort of vibe. You know what I mean? And all of these these things. And then they may have the monster of the week. And for lack of a better phrase the party in this one was wasn't a monster of the week but it was the story of the week episode right this the 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 birthday party in in this uh how i met your father episode that was it that was our what we perceive to be the a story and then the b and c and whatever stories were the we the interweaving of the characters we had seen a little bit of the fact that the brother and sister don't necessarily get each other and in this episode, we find out a little bit more as to why. And that's one of the things that I'm sure is going to carry us over because it is, as my as my friend Kelly described it, setting the table. And exactly. I I get that and I I appreciate that for what it is. And again, I appreciate the the you know the millennial references and I, I liked the the fact that um you know, it it made me selfishly, it made me feel a little bit more secure about where my life is, even though I'm a little bit older than these characters. You know what I mean? It made me feel a little bit more secure in where my life is versus where I thought I was going to be at 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, you know, and so on. But in terms of the a story the birthday party story i was kind of meh on it only because to me it seemed like they were i don't want to say they were focusing a little too much on it but i think like we're from i know you're not from here but you've lived here long enough that you're from here unfortunately we're from a small town or small series of towns i guess but we're from a small enough area where not everybody understands everything you know like we don't understand people that live in the quote-unquote country part of where we live but like we there are just certain general things that most people are relatively understanding on i have friends who you know they live with their parents their parents live with them or they live with, you know, they only get to see their kids once a week or whatever, because that's just the way that it's worked out for a variety of reasons. Whatever those reasons are, that's just how it works out. And sometimes you have to explain that a little bit more to people, and sometimes you don't. But people are more they're 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 relatively understanding. You know, you start dating yeah. someone and I mean, I've I've been on dates with women who have kids. And so they're like, I'm sorry, I'm not free all the time. And I'm like, I get it. You have kids. Like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm intelligent and mature enough to understand, unlike myself, like I said earlier, where I don't have that responsibility, you have this massive responsibility where you have kids. So you're not available to text 24-7. You're not available to go out i could say oh i'm i'm getting out of work do you want to go out no like you need a little bit more preparation than that you know because you got to find a sitter or you know all these things i get that and i feel like in a city 
like New York, where they where these characters on How I Met Your Father live, I feel like the character of Sophie and all the other characters don't give Drew the benefit of the doubt of understanding that they're not in the same place mentally as he is. And that's what took me out of it. Probably if I had to, if I had to say like, he says at the end, he's like, I get it. And not everything is all it's cracked up to be. I understand we have to have a conflict that they solve at the end of the episode. I get that when I was over your place for, for dinner, not long ago, we were talking about a show and I said that the writer of that show said, you know, once the character, the main character is happy, then there is no more show. Because that's the whole point of like a dra- a one-hour drama show is there needs to be drama in this episode and in this person's life and whatever. But it just seemed like she and the rest of the, the gang weren't giving him the benefit of the doubt of he's our age. He probably understands that not everyone is at his maturity level or whatever. I mean, they theoretically, yes, like they, they could have given him the benefit of the doubt. Um, I, I see both sides of it, you know, like how he comes off in the beginning versus like how he actually is. Um, but I feel like that's also like, I didn't mind it because I feel like it's also like like getting to know the character. Um, like they like giving him the benefit of the doubt and just like, oh, like he probably like, like assuming that he enjoys it. Like the way it went about it, was it the right way? No, not really. But I feel like it was understandable the way they went about it because it was like they don't necessarily know Drew that well. Like none of them actually do. I mean, uh, Jesse probably in quotations knows him the best because like you know they work together to some degree. Um, although he's like his boss, but um, I, I honestly would say it's like. It's it's a it's a decent assumption, I guess is the best I can say. Are you still there? Yeah, no, I'm here. I got it. I just like I said, that was if I had to say that was probably what took me out of it was just that um the the fact that the character the care all the characters really and maybe I'm maybe I'm just kind of in that because and a lot of people get in that headspace of why don't they just talk it out again? That doesn't cause the drama or the hijinks or whatever in the episode it doesn't make sense. That's not how television works in the real world. You probably would talk that stuff out like they did at the end of the episode, like Valentina and her boyfriend did like Sophie and Drew did on the rooftop like the siblings did they would talk it all out but you have to have a little bit of that again whether we want to call it drama or hijinks because a lot of it makes us laugh even if it's uncomfortable laughter like when the brother was was introducing her and that was it was really creepy and whatnot but um the brother's like super super awkward and (laughs) I think this is his character um because it's so hard to like get used to it because of like how cringy he is more often than not. But uh he does grow on you more and more, but I like, uh I can't wait to get to the part of like the end of the first season. I didn't watch season two yet. I've been waiting because I'm like, we're gonna get there, but now noticing that we're on episode four, I guess I'm just gonna binge all the way through. Well, that's up to you. But like I said, we I understand that we have to get 
we have to earn those moments, right? Like we have to earn that scene um, in the bathroom between Valentina and her boyfriend. We have to earn that <laughs> scene. Did you just laugh at that? I did. It's not what I meant, you perv. Um, <laughs> you gotta pay for it. <laughs> um, but we have to we have to earn the scene of of Drew and Sophie on the rooftop, right? And I get it. But like I said, to me, it just seemed like there's so many things about this about this series. And again, this episode, I think, was a was a brilliant way to showcase that the whole this is a millennial show like I and, and that's that's I think that's what it is. You know, like we just got I haven't watched it yet, but we just got, you know, that 90s show, like arguably without being a period piece. This is a millennial show like it just is. And I think this episode proved that brilliantly. But I think the one thing that it that it kind of lacked was because of all of the stuff that millennials have been through, we are a lot more understanding. And all you have to do, you know, I see people all the time. It's like you, whatever it is, doesn't matter what it is. You could have just told me. And I feel like, and again, obviously it doesn't work for TV and whatnot. And that's me being very analytical. And I understand that, but that was probably my biggest gripe with this was if they had just talked it out, if she had just told him up front, like, Hey, whatever I'm, you know, and yes, there may not have been an episode because there wouldn't have been hijinks, but that was, that was probably my biggest gripe was she probably could have just told him, Hey, this is how I'm feeling, but it doesn't make for good TV. So that's, that's totally on me. I get that. I can't wait for you to get through this series. So we can talk about the season one ending. I, I, I don't know how to respond to that. You said that twice now. And I, I don't know how to respond because it, it's, it happens it's when it happens. It's exciting because like, there's some stuff that like when it happened, I was like, whoa. Um, and Ken even was into it like just slightly because like, you know, How I Met Your Father is one of my like go-to shows I always watch. Um, and she was kind of like watching some of the episodes here and there. And she's like, did this just happen or did, did I just notice? And I'm like, yeah. And like, it's just, I know like you'll appreciate it. Like the, the shock value of the things that will occur, um, you'll definitely enjoy. So it's like, I'm just like, I want to get to that point so we can talk about it. And we will. Um, but before we get there, did we have anything else we want? Oh, we, we there's one thing we have to talk about that we didn't even talk about literally one utterance in this entire episode. I'm drawing a blank. The mangagement ring. <laughs> oh, yeah. How we can't we can't do the episode we can't do this this episode justice without talking about the mangagement ring. That's the thing. I wear mine. That's fine. I actually I've I used to wonder that as a kid, like why did guys not wear an engagement ring? Right. And I it's I think it's because again, going back to that whole traditional thing, you weren't necessarily engaged for a long time 
right? Like back way back, you didn't get engaged. Like you didn't ask the girl, the guy didn't ask the girl to marry you, right? Like the the parents arranged a marriage or you asked the father, you know, I want to... I want, you know, I I want to marry your daughter. You have a lot of land. I have a lot of land. Let's combine that land. And I want to marry into your family. Or the father would come to you. You have, you know, you have a lot of land. I have a lot of land. Why don't you marry my daughter? And I'll also give you six goats and a fatted calf sort of deal, right? Like that's how it was. I'm not trying to say that in a rude way, but unfortunately that's how society was. And, um, you know, we obviously we've moved past that, but when we did do the whole, you know, will you marry me thing, it wasn't, I mean, I work, I don't want to say I work in the wedding industry because I don't, but I see a lot of wedding related things and we have people come in, especially, you know, like we're, we're towards the end of January as we're recording this. So we got a lot of people who over Christmas and over New Year's and in a few weeks over Valentine's Day, you know, he popped the question. Oh, that's, you know, congratulations. When's the big day? Now we're in 2023 as you and I are recording this. And they're like, it's November 2025. Like, that's really far away. One, on with what I do, y'all need to be planning shit that far early. I'm sorry. You just don't. But two, people didn't used to be engaged for that long. You know, it was like you got engaged and then six months, a year at most, you might, also, you know, you'd I mean, find. The times were different. And plus, like, um, people couldn't really talk about, like, I mean, people didn't get divorced back in the day. But I feel like, you know, getting to, like, a lot of people, like, will propose and get, I mean, for example, look at, um, and, and how I met your mother when. Robin and her therapists were together. You know, he was ready to like do all of what he could to like be with Robin, but Robin couldn't give, I think he wanted to propose to her, but Robin couldn't give him what he would have wanted. And she had to keep reiterating to him, like, you know, you're going to want this, you're going to want that. And like, I don't want these things or I can't do these things for you. So I feel like as time progresses and like we, you know, actually acknowledge these things as a society. It's like a long engagements aren't necessarily a bad thing. And even uh, like me and Ken kind of talk about this, uh, not just because like, you know, we are engaged, but uh, she's in like these groups and these women will go like, oh, well, I'm trying to, you know, get married as soon as possible. But like, you know, even it, it, it takes time to really understand, learn and love someone. Here's my here. And, and I'm saying I'm, this. I'm and I'm I'm saying this as a response. I'm saying this as a single, no childless guy in his 30s. Okay. So take everything that I said and and take everything I'm about to say and probably throw it out the window because like I don't my opinion means nothing because I'm not dating. I'm not on the verge of getting engaged nor divorce. I'm not even dating, you know, whatever, like nothing. So take what you know. Take everything I'm about to say with a grain of salt, but here's my, here's my opinion of that date longer. Well, yeah, I mean, 
it's like that's no to me and i'm sorry i'm not i I don't i don't mean to be rude but like that's what it is i get it like people because and I, i just saw a video of a guy who said that if you're, and I'm not saying you are, and I'm not saying everyone out there is, but if you're a religious person, and I, I thought this was interesting the way he put this, if you're a religious person, dating sucks. Like you're date, you know, most religious people tend to date for marriage because they are, whether they are virgins or, you know, they're, they're basically, they, you know, whatever, then they're celibate before marriage, whatever. Dating is the worst because if you, if you know, you know, and you want to, you want to date this person and you say, I, this is the this is the person, this is the one, whatever. You want to get engaged and you want to get married quickly. And sometimes those marriages don't work out and maybe they should have dated longer and what have you. I don't understand. This is And this is just my personal opinion and I could be wrong and I'm sure that you and and I'm sure, you know, like I, I, I met your fiance. I love your fiance. You guys just had me over for dinner not too long ago. And, you know, like we had some talks about some of these these groups that she's in and all this stuff. Maybe I just don't get it. Just a reminder that if you are enjoying these episodes but don't necessarily want all of these interruptions and advertisement-type breaks, you can get the episodes early and uninterrupted over at Content Club. Uh, That is patreon.com slash clockshelves, where you get, of course, early uninterrupted versions of MCU and Me, Paul and All, Lost with Friends, you get uh, some exclusive stuff. You get some uh, promotional material early before even the social medias get it. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, throw some dough if you choose to do so. Very affordable tiers for the great content that you love. It is a great way to pass the time. And it's a great way to keep the mics and lights on. The reason that, again, the reason I don't understand the, the concept of a long engagement is because to me just date longer if you need to make sure don't ask that person to marry you until you're sure because you could say i love you i you know he i say i love you to her she says i love you to me and it's like okay cool i want to spend the rest of my life with this person but if we're just going to get engaged to just continue to find out maybe it's not going to work out then i if i if i if i feel that I don't know, I shouldn't propose, right? I mean, there's a few different factors. I mean, to getting married, especially since like things aren't as like what was done in old, like the parents would pay for the wedding, especially like as we kind of went over like the economy and et cetera currently. So that's part of the reason why like engagements do get pushed out, you know, quite some time to of course build the funds to uh do everything that like you would actually want to do, even if it's not one of those like crazy grand weddings, just to have a wedding in general adds up for quickly. But it's it's not. I'll just I'll give like, you that the, one. I, it, I, it, I will. I'll concede on that point for sure. But it isn't just like the dating longer, but there are times. I mean, yes, there are some people who like. I saw this person. I want to marry them. I propose, and like it ended horribly. But even still, like as you. Because even as you get older, you tend to like look at people who've been married for like years and then they end up changing and they end up like growing or people in quotations get blindsided by stuff that probably was already there, but they just never paid attention or cared about it in the past. Um, Sometimes like even if you are engaged, um, even if you are engaged for a long period of time, I don't see it as necessarily a bad thing. Of course, you know, I'm when I propose to can 
I propose to, you know, wed her and to spend the rest of my life with her, of course. But it's not a bad thing to be like wed, like engaged long. It also builds up that, that that time with that person. I see like a lot of it and hear a lot of it of when people will like jump into things too soon. Yeah, you're right to some degree date longer, but you know, the engagement probably like, dating while you're being engaged is still getting to know that person is still building on in my opinion. I'm not saying once you're engaged, you don't go out or anything like that. But like I said, you see too often where people and I'm going to I'm going to say, uh, you know, I said the thing before about like religious people or whatever and like kind of non-religious people who and I, and I, I don't mean that in any sort of negative way. Again, I was someone that I saw on TikTok talking about this because, again, because of the the celibacy aspect. And I understand not all religious people are celibate and, and what have you. So, uh, you know forgive me for for kind of bringing that into the conversation but again i was just saying it how this person that i saw on tiktok was talking about it but i just see far too often where people are dating and then they've maybe been going out two or three months and suddenly they're engaged but then they're engaged for seven years why why did you I, 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 it, it's it's just it baffles me why did you get engaged so quickly but then the the actual the time to walk down the aisle takes the forever part like in my opinion shouldn't it be the other way around it's like we dated for seven years and we were sure so then we got engaged and we got married you know like three months later or whatever am i wrong uh, not. I mean, it's we can we can we can probably go over this back and forth a little bit because, <laughs> I mean, especially with like more so today's stuff. I mean, there's also like COVID that could take place into it, and depending on venues, etc. And again, that's when you when you said that when you said you know cost of everything and whatnot. And again, I don't I I don't you know what I do for work. I wouldn't say, and I think you would agree, I don't work in the wedding industry, but I'm like adjacent to it. I would not agree with. So I see that a lot. And where I work, it was I, I started kind of post COVID ish. So I saw a lot of things where people, you know, like the, uh, the the people who've been at that job a lot longer are talking about how people are having and I don't mean just because it's on, you know, like some people who like they want to get married on like 11, 11, whatever day of the week that is like that's a that's a like a date. You know what I mean? Like a like a a special date. I understand but a lot more people are getting married on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Sunday, which you didn't tend to used to do or what have you, just because those wedding venues are, po you know, they're, they're picking up a lot of the postponed weddings from the COVID time, you know, and obviously things have gone up because of the COVID, uh, you know, and it's not just COVID, but obviously, like we said before, the economy. So therefore, it's it's i don't want to say it's the same but it's it's similar to when someone passes away you know you find out how much that stuff actually costs cuz not a lot of people think about that 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 costs a lot of money to forgive how how crudely i'm about to say this to find a box and bury a body you know like it costs a lot to do the nearest ditch and call it a day and that's and I and I hear people say that because they they know how much it costs to do stuff like that. 
And obviously it doesn't work that way. We understand that. But those industries for good or for ill, they, I don't even want to say it sounds terrible to say it because I don't believe that they're taking advantage, but they're, they're just trying to earn what they are worth. You know what I mean? And, and that's what it is. You know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a mixture of the vet, you know, for a wedding, it's a mixture of the venue costs a lot. They book up pretty fast. You know, you have to get a florist and a cake and a DJ and, or a band band or DJ, um, you know, and that was how I met your mother reference. I'm sure you chuckled. Um, and, you know, you have to get all of these things and I get that it all, it all starts to add up on the cost. So I get that you want to save, right? Like my, even, even, you know, 30 plus years ago, my parents paid for their own wedding, you know, and that, because it, the, neither of their parents sets of parents, however that goes, they were not in a financial place to um to uh be able to pay for that you know they they weren't in a financial place to to pay for the the, the their their child's wedding so that's what it is and i and i get that but like i said to me the dating for 2 months then getting engaged for 7 years thing then getting married I don't, it, to me, and again, it's just me. And I'm saying that as a single guy in his thirties, you know, living in a, living in a small town, whatever. And I'm sure people are going to, if they, you know, if, and when they listen to this, they're going to come after me for that. And that's fine. I'll give you my Twitter handle in a moment. Cause we're pretty much getting ready to wrap this up. Cause like you said, we're kind of going around in circles here, but <laughs> I feel like that's just, it's kind of backwards to me. In, in the oh. way that people do things nowadays in that aspect. Some other things millennial wise, I get it, but that's something that, that I've, ne I, I don't understand with like millennials. Don't get me wrong. I do want to say, I, I, I'm not a fan of quick, like super quick engagements either. Right. Like if I, and I think you would think this too, if I, you you keep thinking, and you've said this for a few months, even though I've been out of the dating game for a few months now, you keep saying, oh, you're, gonna about, you're about to get married so hard. You keep saying that to me. But if I, if I met a young lady tomorrow, right, and now Pennsylvania has a three-day waiting period. We know New Jersey does as well. We learned that from How I Met Your Mother. I believe Connecticut and Ohio or certain counties in Ohio do not require that. Yes, I've looked into it. Don't ask me why, because it'll open up a can of worms from the past. Anyway, um, Connecticut, I believe, is a no-weight state. So if I met a young lady tomorrow and I immediately feel, oh my gosh, I've fallen in love. She's the one. We're going to drive to Connecticut. And I call you and I say, pack up can and the kids, come to Connecticut. I'm getting hitched. I call Jake. I say, fly in. I'm getting hitched. I call, I call Jolene. I say, get your husband. We're getting, you know, I'm getting hitched. Somebody pick up my mother, you know, whatever. You all would look at me and call me crazy because that's too quick. So I get wanting to have a little bit of an engagement and whatever. But again, to me, that's the dating part of it is you date to make sure it's the person, not you date, it, get engaged, and then make sure it's the person. But again, that's just me. 
Um, but that all being said, again, we're we're we were kind of going around in circles. I feel like other than the uh, the brief little thing we said about the mangagement ring, I have no problem with a ring. That's what I was getting ready to say before. I have no problem with a ring. I kind of never understood why guys don't do that more. Generally speaking, I think it's a really cool thing. I think his was a little uh, a little out there, and obviously his character is very showy, you know, and he wants to uh, kind of show that off and and whatnot. So um, I'm going to ask you: Does that come back? Does the does the man engagement ring come back, or was that pretty much just a gag for kind of this episode? Yes, it it, it does come back, um, and uh, it does come back. There were some mix ups as like you were talking because I did get I got dinner, but they messed up dinner, and I now have a hungry household, um, and bad food. Uh, so I do apologize, but um, yes, the main engagement ring does come back. You do get more information and more things that do come up with him and his fiance. Um, that's part of like the build up towards the end that I can't wait for you to see. So I'll I'll kind of leave it at that. Okay, not a problem. So um, I believe we have covered pretty much everything else. Uh, you have some food things going on and a hungry household, so I won't keep you much longer. The last thing I'm going to ask you, James, is uh, whether you're uh, sending out things about this or doing all the other fun things that you do, where can they find you all over the internet? TikTok, Jamerson, 406. Um, Facebook and Instagram, uh, Jamerson Taylor, and then Twitch, BLK, BAST29. Uh, as always, I am on Twitter and Instagram at JPGRB. You can follow more from both of us at Clock Shelves. That's C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S. That's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, for more episodes with regards to us, we actually, I mentioned it very briefly, uh, How I Met Your Dad was a thing for one pilot episode. Um, we may or may not, wink, wink, have been able to see that episode and talked about it over uh, on the uh, the Patreon, the content club, as we call it here, Clock Shelves Content Club, um, that is your hub. Go sub and throw some dough. If you choose to do so, you can get this episode and all the other podcasts that I've talked about here uh, early and uninterrupted for a very low price. So go check that out. But until next time, he is James. I am Paul. This has been the discussion of How I Met Your Father, Season 1, Episode 4, and that is all.